How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for L.A. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Thanks Mud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. So, this is the last episode of the regular season. And some good news, some not great news, <laughs> but overall it's been a pretty good season. I think let's start with the record. The Kings are 46, 28, and 8, which is good for an even 100 points. And at this point, all California teams have gotten 100 points. So, yes. California best. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Thanks to the Kings for not being the odd man out. I would one. have been so. To get I would have been so upset close about it. And not do it. it. Um, the thing that they did get close to but did not finish on was, in fact, setting that new record for the number of franchise wins. Tied it with the 46, but lost to the Ducks in a shootout on Saturday night. So they did not get the 47th win. But even though they didn't, they got pretty close. Like, it went to a shootout, even though they managed to score first and then end up down to one at one point. They still managed to tie it twice and give themselves an opportunity to win that game. So I can't be too mad, even though I'm also not entirely surprised. It seems just about fitting that that would be how it is. Like, they, the Kings did well, obviously, but not too well. Like, <laughs> yeah. not to go the full, like, this is why we can't have nice things, but, like, you can have nice things, but not too nice. Right, yeah. Manager expectations, please, yeah, exactly. when it comes to the Los Angeles Kings. Exactly. Um, oh, interesting thing that I forgot to mention at the top of this. So this is the 27th episode, which I feel works out nicely because that is... Uh, Alec Martinez's number. And yeah. what better way to have a regular <laughs> season of recordings than with his number, because he's great. I think it'd probably be funnier if it just inadvertently ended at 22. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we would have had to take more weeks off. During the Edmonton game, which I also thought was pretty fun, was Andre Kopitar scoring his 27th goal after 27 seconds of gameplay. So really, that number's just everywhere and really <laughs> important at this stage in the King season. So I wonder if this is um, hearkening towards uh, like a sign that uh, <laughs> last year Slava Voinov was obviously extremely hot during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This year, maybe it's Alec Martinez's Is it season. his time to shine? I would be really down with that. I'd be very, very cool with that. Speaking, actually, of Slava Voinov, since we're talking about him a little bit, we mentioned him, since Drew Doughty has been out, it's suddenly like Slava Voinov's season has started. <laughs> yeah. He has been not very noticeable very much this season. Um, he's had some really great moments, he's had some really bad moments, but overall, just not sort of the it's player wash. Yeah, that we've really noticed a whole lot, or not what a lot of people I think expected, especially ever after having just signed a new that new contract over the summer. Uh, but yeah, with Dowdy out, giving some time to his shoulder, Voinov has been pretty great. Suddenly he's like, oh yeah, I'm a top four defenseman. <laughs> Let me do my job. Yeah, and uh, not only just he's been doing defensively well, but he's been getting on the score sheet Mm -hmm. a little bit more often, a little bit more uh, along the lines of the way we expect him to. Yeah, so I hope he really just maintains that through, you know, going into the playoffs because it's good to know he's still capable of playing like a top four defenseman. And uh, I would like to see it continue when the Kings really need it most in such a, like, 
tough potential first round uh, series. Or, I mean, like, the series is set, but it being tough is, we don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the Sharks have stumbled a little bit heading towards the end of the season, what oh. with being the reason that this series is locked. I We've talked off podcast about us, like, waffling back and forth between, this is going to be fine, this is going to be terrible, <laughs> like, it's going to be a tough one, it's not going to be tough at all, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, so it's a very, there are a lot of unknowns, I yeah. guess, happening. Kings are 3-1-1, is that how they finished, I think? I think so. Yeah, which is obviously a great regular season record against the Sharks, and if the Sharks play the way that they should, it could be a really tough series again, just like last season. But if the Sharks want to play like they did in that very last game between these two teams, I think the Kings have the edge easily, which we talked about last week. Especially if, unlike last season, Andrzej Kopitar is actually (laughs) on a hot streak, as he seems to be now. Instead of Uh, dead. He has been the points leader for most of the season, but now he is also the leader in goals as well. One so, shy. One shy of 30. Yeah. If only he had gotten the hat trick in the Ducks oh. game. I, I was pulling so hard because the, the Kings put a lot of good pressure in the in OT, and there was a time where it looked like he might get mm-hmm. the game-winning overtime goal uh, so with a hat trick. Fan appreciation night. 30-goal score. 30-goal score. Andre Kupcher. Ugh, we didn't have had it all, but you're stuck at 29. Yes. Um, so, yeah, 29 goals. Passing Jeff Carter by two, because they tied each other. That 27th goal tied him with Jeff Carter. And then, for, like, briefly, it looked like maybe at least for this last game, we would have our race between who the winning goal scorer would be between Andre Kopitar and Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter can't seem to put anything in the back of the net recently. Didn't do a thing. It's a rough time for him. And he's had a lot. He had some chances. Mm-hmm. But also, the game yesterday was frustrating, just because every shot was blocked. <laughs> yeah. It, that's what it felt. That's anyway. what it felt like. Especially early in the game. Yeah. So he passed Jeff Carter by two goals. He's got 29 goals, 70 points total. He hit that benchmark, which is pretty nice. Excellent. Interestingly, what I noticed is that because of him heating up, especially after the Olympics and having, or being on the line with Marion Gabrick, his shooting percentage for the season is 14.5. Like, that's what he ended with. Which is insane. And amazing. So if he stays on that track, that's a big asset for the Kings. He's already their strongest forward, their strongest center. To have to also have him scoring a bunch right now, beautiful. To have him scoring a bunch, his shoot, shooting percentage is up, and he is not physically ailing mm-hmm. currently um, is a big boost for the Kings going into the postseason. Yeah, because if you recall this time last season, we thought that Kopitar must have been injured. A lot of Kings fans did, because he just could not score. Oh, Kopitar's arm scored that goal. Not him, (laughs) because he is now in pieces. It's removed from his body. He scores a goal, and he has to sew himself back together (laughs) on a Sally from the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's how it felt, (laughs) watching Andre Kopitar during the postseason last year. Uh, So if that's not an issue, and hopefully it doesn't turn into one again, I think that looks great for the Kings and gives them an edge that they didn't have last season, which is top guys producing a little more. Hopefully this one, maybe they'll go on a little stronger and have a little bit more of a scoring edge. And along with uh, what great things Andre Kopitar is doing right now as well, uh, that is not in small part to the addition of Marion Gabrick, mm-hmm. who he has been playing superbly with. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, Matt, uh, as Gabrick kind of, you know, with his speed, opens up the ice and he's extremely, like, hockey smart. Like, we've seen a couple of plays where, or a couple of passes that he's tried to make um, to see how, like, the vision that he has on the ice um, to make things happen. So, as 
that falls into place even more. Like that top line has obviously been very good. Um, hopefully that translates to the playoffs and brings about more, more goal scoring. Uh, speaking of Marion Gabrick, just to touch on it a little bit more, he's played 19 games with the Kings since being traded. He has 16 points. Amazingly, only five of those points are goals. So it's mostly assists. So like you said, like he has got great vision, can get off passes to give people opportunities really well. There, I mean, I think two great examples of that were like, the goal, I forget during which game, but it was like they passed a Kopitar and it could have been a hybrid icing call, but because Gabrick is so fast, he got there first and then was able to pass it to Kopitar who was trailing the play. And then Kopitar scores immediately. That kind of stuff is really good. Or that way that he knew to sort of slow down the pass when everybody was kind of crowding around the net, he passes like a little slow one to Justin, to Williams. Justin Williams. Justin Williams scores. He's, I think that was like a wild game. I don't know. Yeah. His, his timing is really coming on and I I've loved watching him and I think the fact that most of his points have been assists really just shows how great a playmaker he is in general not just as a goal scorer and so if he also picks up the amount of goals he scores in the playoffs I think that's even better for the Kings. Hopatar and Gabrick have combined not necessarily goal primary assists but in, like one of them assisting a goal for the other one in some way for 11 points as well. So that's just another testament to, like, of his 16 points, 11 of them have had Kopitar involved. I really like how they're coming together and their chemistry on the ice, and it's happened pretty fast. I'm very excited to see what happens with that and how that translates to the playoffs. And because Kopitar, like, the player awards were announced yesterday, so because Kopitar has been so strong all season, he got, um, it was voted by the media, he got the Bill Libby Memorial Award for Most Valuable Player. And he got the Defensive Player of the Year award, which is the L.A. Selkie. Yeah. <laughs> honest. Basically, that's basically it. I hope it's just to rub it in people's faces. <laughs> right. You should be paying more attention to Kopitar. Um, you don't acknowledge him, we will. I will. The only thing, like, I fully expect Patrice Bergeron to win the Selkie award. I do, too. Ugh. And that's fine, actually, because he has been a great defensive forward. What I will not be okay with is if Jonathan Taves has more first-place votes than Andre Kopitar, because I, that is badly incorrect. I think we talked about this a, a couple of podcasts ago. Like, it is, it better be 1-2 Bergeron, <laughs> yeah. Andre Kopitar, and I will accept nothing else. Yeah. Every, anything else is wrong. It's just flat out and, wrong. And most likely, it would be Kopitar in second position. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's I'll not. I'm it. actually horrified by that. But <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I feel like I don't need to break it down on this podcast why Jonathan Taves should not be <laughs> second place, but just know that he shouldn't. And if you want the details, you could uh, read that post from Jules from the Crown, or you could ask me if you want to, and I will go on a rant. <laughs> because it's I true. Feel it's really true, strongly true. about this. And this is coming from, we're not like crazy, we actually both like Jonathan Taves He's a great player. quite a bit, but no, he does not deserve it this yeah. year. He is all. not in Kopitar's league right now. No. Anyway, so at least he got the L.A. Selkie, and at least people here recognize how important he is, if no one else does. Yep. The other awards that were given out, well, actually, I guess before we get into this, this one isn't an award, but it's pretty awesome. I mean, it, he was awarded. He's earned it. He <laughs> yeah. was awarded it. Trevor Lewis was awarded <laughs> a two-year contract extension for three, just over $3 million. Uh, that was announced Tuesday. 
kind of out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was expecting. No, I had no idea that that, that was going to be happening. I like went to lunch not thinking that this was a, a day that I should stay in and attach myself to the internet. Right? Yeah. But surprise, Trevor Lewis announcement, which is awesome. People who were debating the contract a little bit on the internet thought it was maybe a little high because it's about a little over 1.5 million for each year. But he has had, in a lot of ways, a pretty outstanding season for him. Headlines of that being how his penalty differential, because he doesn't take very many penalties, but he draws a lot of them. And that has given the Kings an opportunity. I don't know how long ago we talked about it, but one of the things that we pointed out was that even though the Kings have taken a lot of penalties this season, they've also drawn a lot of them to at least give them the opportunity to balance out any power play goals against or whatnot. And Trevor Lewis has been a huge factor in that. Um, even more so than Dustin Brown, who also draws a lot of penalties because Brown also takes a lot of penalties. Yeah. So that's a big win for Trevor Lewis for keeping him around. He's obviously scored more goals this season than he has in yes, any of his prior career high six goals. And uh, once again, you got to yell about the little things. Like yeah. if you see someone hustling very speedily down the side, mm-hmm. it's going to be Trevor Lewis. And he plays a great game, does all the little things. Obviously, he's very well liked by all of his peers, leads the warm ups. <laughs> That's pretty fun. I've been telling Diane about how, like, the drill where uh, basically Trevor Lewis is the Pied Piper and he gets to pick which King shooters take a shot on that. And she finally got to see it at the Ducks game. So it was a great moment. It was pretty delightful. I liked it a lot. Um, and so we obviously sing his praises. And I feel like it's been a, a common internet thing as long as. As, like, as much as we will vaguely shit on him, we're also very, very kind to Trevor Lewis. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. And it's not just the media, it's... Well, apparently the Kings just don't follow social media. Yeah. Because they voted him as the un- unsung hero. Yeah, thanks for never looking at the internet where everybody loves Trevor Lewis. Actually, maybe thank you for not looking at the internet so that you can not see all of the horrible things that everyone has said. Well, I feel Protect like yourself. thank you, Dwight King, for not looking at the internet That's where true. we all think you're a murderer. But, but we like you, but you're horrifying. <laughs> but Trevor Lewis can look at the internet because the internet loves him. The internet loves you, Trevor Lewis. Um, but yeah, so the Kings voted Trevor Lewis the unsung hero, which is, I like that a lot because I just think that that shows... Uh, how much that they know he's doing for them and how he doesn't get enough credit. And even though he did go that like 50 something games without scoring, he never gave up or looked particularly defeated um, more than once or twice. So I think that is worth rewarding in some way. So I'm really happy for Trevor Lewis. And I hope that he overachieves even more and scores a few goals in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Of course, there's that famous goal that he scored 22 seconds after a tying goal and you know to help the kings win the game so if he could just pull out some more of that stuff and it was against the sharks yeah so need you to be a hero in the shark series yeah (laughs) another some or some other awards best newcomer the mark bavis memorial award goes to martin jones of course because of his amazing start and how well he has stepped up at the beginning of the season there was like that period where he was kind of holding off on signing again but he did sign again with the kings got his call up because of quick getting injured and then really showed everybody why he deserved a chance in the nhl so great job (laughs) 
Martin I'm very Jones. excited for Martin Jones. Wonderful start. I'm he very excited for is him. Is a very handsome, <laughs> large-eyed. He, I, I literally just call him Bambi all of the time <laughs> because every time he does an interview, it's just like big, wide eyes staring at you, and like I can't kill this. <laughs> yeah. This is just a baby deer. I can't do it. And it's just like all limbs. What a cutie. So I hope he continues to do well, backing up Jonathan Quick. Yep. Outstanding defenseman. Unsurprisingly, Drew Doughty, and most inspirational player. I find this award actually kind of funny, even though I shouldn't. But anyway, most inspirational player, the Ace Bailey Memorial Award, goes to Matt Green. And the reason that I find it kind of funny in a sad way is because I kind of feel like it's a goodbye parting gift. Like, I don't really expect Macri to come back to the Kings after oh, this season. Oh, no. So, You've been like, an inspiration to us, yeah, Macri. Yeah, all that time you've been hurt and, like, Bye. or, like, healthy and warming the bench. But you had the greatest attitude about it. So thanks for being a team player. Good luck when you go somewhere else. And that is one person I'm fine with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, whatever. Matt Green's fine, fine as a person. We, we but have no I, beef with him. I but. don't expect him to still be around. So I just find that most inspirational player award kind of amusing. And the most popular player, as voted by the King's Booster Club, is Drew Doughty, again. I don't really know what the criteria is for I don't know either. <laughs> I just think it's funny. So, uh, good job being Sounds popular. Sounds about right. There, oh, there was one other award, the Community Service Award, which went to Jonathan Quick, which was voted by the King's Care Fountain- Foundation. Jonathan Quick has his own foundation that works with King's Care a lot. Apparently, they do, they do a lot of work together, and so they gave him an award for that work. So, I think that's everything as far as awards specific to the Kings, as voted on by LA Media and other people who work with that franchise. Um, good job, all of those people. And oh, and, and Kopitar got the leading scorer award, which is obvious because yeah. we just told you he's the leading scorer. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. So, uh, so, so some good names in there. I think a couple of them, a couple of other players could have gotten some of these awards. Like, I actually think Jared Stoll had, like, a rockier first half of the season, but I think he's done a lot better this second half, even just judging on how few offensive zone penalties he has taken recently is an improvement. So... That's actually been very surprising. Jared Stoll... Oh, pre- doing a pretty good job, and I think he's a fairly good shot blocker. And so, what um, award do you think he should win? I think one of he the one he could have won uh-huh. is the unsung hero award. Oh, because okay. I don't think he's ever been like stand out in a way that's like, oh, oh yeah, that guy's killing guy. it. Yeah, but he he does a lot of stuff really well, um, despite even the penalties that he takes. So, but this was Trevor Lewis's year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad that it went to Trevor Lewis at all. But it- and, like, an unsung hero, there is literally, we have literally sung it because it is Taylor Swift 22. Yeah. That's, well, that's there what I There is mean. a literal song. I, we have sung about it a lot. <laughs> the Oh, the other word I was thinking, and maybe it'll sound weird because this is coming from us, but I actually think Outstanding Defenseman could have also gone to Jake Muzzin. Like, I understand yeah. why it went to Drew Dowdy, but I think Jake Muzzin has overall had a really strong season. Absolutely. So... You know, he's a great possession player, and of course he has unfortunately had glaring errors, but he His is... errors are just extremely obvious, yeah. and so it is very easy to call him out on it, but every other aspect of his game has been strong, and not only strong, but it's improved. Um, as someone who's a young defenseman and is still working on his game, it has improved drastically, and that is something that's fantastic to see. Yeah, so... he's still... Uh, Expanding his game. I was, or have been worried at different parts of the season that Jake wasn't, unlike Drew Doughty, or unlike somebody like like Mary Gabrick, we were talking about, has just a great 
set of eyes and sensibility for hockey. Sometimes I worry that Jake Muzzin is a total idiot. <laughs> but, and only in the sense of, like, sometimes I don't understand his choices or why he makes them. But he actually does seem to try to learn from his mistakes. So he had a really bad shift that led to that Matt Bolesky goal in the Ducks game Saturday night. But other than moments like that, I think for the majority of the time, he does try to get better about how he handles himself in various tough situations. For the most part, he does a pretty good job of like checking and whatnot without taking too many penalties. I think he had a pretty good year for his first full year with the Kings. Yeah. Drew Daddy is so smart about hockey. I'm sorry, I just like was thinking about that as you were talking. Yeah. I hope that his shoulder is not... uh, fine yeah I, I think i mean he said in an interview if it was a playoff game he would be playing yeah which i think is fine but i don't want it to just be like okay enough for the playoffs yeah. i hope his shoulder is good so that he can be strong throughout the playoffs in addition to us hoping that they set that franchise win record which didn't happen there's also been jennings trophy watch for you know awarded to the, to the team that allows the fewest goals during the regular season the kings were in the lead have been in the lead by a nice comfy cushion twice in yes. the last 3 games and both were blown <laughs> by Jonathan Quick yep. what are you doing first of all Jonathan Quick i mean for someone who's going to get his name or who would get his name on the award, or I guess is now is going to, regardless. Like, Martin Jones was like, oh, let me help you out a little bit. Here's a shutout. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Martin Jones, for that shutout to <laughs> the Kings in the running for the Jennings. Even though you're able to get zero recognition for it, like, officially yeah. on, on the trophy. Um, and yet, all the Kings had to do, and we all know that the Kings play a very stifling defensive game, all they had to do was let in fewer than three goals, and they would have clinched the Jennings. It like, that might, so might sound like a lot for other people, but, like, this is the Kings. How many, like, 1-0 games have we seen? Yeah. How many, like, 2-1 games have we seen? It shouldn't have been a problem. Mm-hmm. And yet... Of course. Of course. We have this last game be a 3-plus goal game by the end of it because it ended 4-3 in the shootout. One of those goals I absolutely don't fault Jonathan Quick for, or at least not him solely, was that first goal from Nick, Nick Benino. Benino. Yeah because it was a poor defensive play. And then there was like a second where it was right in front of him and he could have just like poked it away or covered it up or whatever. But there was also a Kings player right there. So he trusted the guys around him. And then Benino makes this backhand move as he's like falling down. It's a really nice move. And scores this like freak goal. It's like on his knees, backhand. Yeah, he's like barely not, looking. Not even looking at the, <laughs> yeah. at the net. Um, And then so it's suddenly tied. So I can't really blame him for that particular goal. I do blame him a little more for the Matt Bolesky goal, even though Jake Muzzin kind of looked like a dummy on that play, or on that shift, I should say. Jonathan Quick also could see that shot coming, and he probably (laughs) should have caught it. Now the Kings and the Bruins are tied for the Jennings Trophy. If the Bruins... Let in one goal. Even just one goal, the Kings get the Jennings Trophy. If somehow their goaltender, who I think is going to be Chad Johnson for the last game, if he uh, gets a shutout, then they will be tied still, And and probably will share this trophy. And not helping are the Kings' like road to the Jennings is the fact that the Bruins are playing the Devils, who don't score very who many don't goals. Don't score very many goals. So uh, we're we're counting on the New Jersey Devils today, which is weird. New Jersey Devils do us a solid and score yeah. a single goal, <laughs> just one. Yeah. Like I hope you don't have any like hard feelings about that whole Stanley Cup thing. <laughs> 
if you could just score one goal, two would just be gravy. But one goal today, that's all I need. That's it. Um, and their game starts soon, so yeah. I will be watching. Yeah, so actually by the time that we post this podcast, we will know whether or not the Kings have won the Jennings or... Co-parent. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be yeah. co-parents of the, uh, the Jennings Award. But even still, even without that, of course, because it's this Kings team, and with every slight disappointment, there is always somehow some ridiculous silver lining... The Kings have allowed a club record 168 goals against this season, excluding shootout goals. Their previous mark was 170 in the 2011-12 season. Oh. This is uh, per the LA Kings PR Twitter. So There have been a lot of parallels. There's also that graph about uh, the Kings scoring pre-Jeff Carter and then post-Jeff Carter and then onto the cup. Mm Mm-hmm. And then pre Marion Gabrick, post Marion Gabrick, onto the playoffs. Yeah. And then there's been a lot of other random stats. Obviously, this is one of those things where if you are looking for it, you will find it. Mm-hmm. But still, there are a lot of similarities to the way that this Kings team has been playing in that Stanley Cup year and then this year. I kind of. It's getting my hopes up, is what I'm saying. So I'm miserable. Weirdly, I'm kind of the opposite, and that I wish there weren't so many similarities because of how well that season ended. Yeah. That I don't want people to be like, well, obviously they're going to the Stanley Cup final. This is why I'm miserable, because I hate that there are so many arbitrary, probably uh, useless markers as to what's, you know, what's important or like signs. Because I don't think that that's the case. I don't think, I, I just said, I think that they're meaningless for yeah. the most part. But it's just one of those things that people keep pointing out and people keep piling on. And I'm just, I don't want it to get anyone's hopes up, including myself. Yeah, it's very strange to, and yeah, like at the same time, it's totally true, though. They are, as a record like this would show, a little bit better than they were in 2011-12. So it's really strange to see that and then be like, but actually, I think this playoff run for a lot of teams, really, could be a lot tougher because of the way that the new format works. There are a lot more divisional rivals, and mm-hmm. a lot of those uh, records and games have been a little closer yeah. um, this season. So anything can sort of happen, but on the one hand, it is at least positive to note that the Kings are trending upward <laughs> and do are, like have put themselves in a pretty good position to have a shot. I just Let's just all hope they capitalize on that. Uh, we're so tentative about <laughs> yeah. all of this. We don't want to record our optimism on air. <laughs> we just say that while sobbing to ourselves at night. I mean, I feel good about the Kings yeah. team. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think they are a good team. I think they're in a solid place. They have, even though they've lost two of the last three games in the shootout, they have managed to come back in both of those games, which has been great, which is something I would not expect from this team like three months ago. So that's great news. They are still playing pretty well defensively. So if they keep all of those things together, they have a great shot. And I'm really... I feel really good about their chances, but I just think the competition is also really good. Yeah. So who knows what could happen for the Kings. To that end, or to that point, speaking of them playing defensively, I actually think one of their weaknesses in the last few games, obviously not when they came like right back from the Olympics or whatever, is Jonathan Quick. Like, having oh, games yeah. where he's allowed three goals. He hasn't been looking his best yeah. at all. Because let in a goal, fine, that, you know, it happens. But they have been pretty soft goals, in my opinion, and I'm not one to... I'm pretty neutral on on goaltenders. I definitely think there are a lot of goals that they should have, and he's been letting in a lot of... He just doesn't seem to be 
in position well enough sometimes. Um, He's been a little bit more, I don't know, panicky, not corralling rebounds like he should be. The rebound control, I think, is my biggest issue because I feel like some of those opportunities just shouldn't be there. Just hold on to the puck. <laughs> like, you stopped it once. Why? Just hold on to it. Why dude. try to show off again? And, yeah, so that's kind of an issue. And they have that great record where they just don't give up third-period leads. And then, like, three games in two weeks or three games in three weeks, right. there were, like, blown third-period leads. I don't actually remember if all of them were on him, but probably at least two of them were. <laughs> so I think the Kings, they just got to pull it together. And he has a great playoff record, right. we know. So hopefully he'll turn it on. So that's actually my question right now is, because the other thing that I noticed is when people talk about Mike Richards, especially in articles lately, now that we're nearing the end of the season or have finished the season for the Kings, people are like, oh, Mike Richards, he's more of a playoff player. He's more of a playoff player. He'll turn it on the playoffs. And I'm like, are you trying to bet on that right now <laughs> after like 80 something games of him not being super great? So that's my question, is who do you think is more likely to turn it on in the playoffs, Jonathan Quick or Mike Richards? I don't know. (laughs) I was going to say neither of them. Um, I don't think that they're going to fall apart by any means. I don't know if anyone's going to step up their game. I think Jonathan Quick might step up his game more Mm -hmm. than Mike Richards. I feel like Mike Richards is trying his best. I think a point in... Jonathan Quick's favor is that we've already seen it once this year with the Olympics. Right. Like he had sort of the shaky start and he was pretty good coming back from injury, but definitely had some games, particularly in games where the Kings took a lot of penalties, where he had a lot of trouble. His save percentage during power plays, not great. Then he went to the Olympics and put up a pretty awesome performance. So we do know, at least this year, we have an example of him being able to figure out how to turn it on for big game situations. Mike Richards, I don't know. I haven't seen anything that would trend towards him suddenly finding his game. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if, okay, now that the playoffs are... Like, I don't know if he's just resting resting, um, for the playoffs and, you know, might not give it his all... Like, I mean, as much as people like to say, like, oh, they're always going to go at 100%, but, you know, you have to game manage uh, if you're going to make it through the playoffs about what you can put yourself through. And Mike Richards is very good at doing that. So maybe he has just been biding his time. For 82 games. For 82 games. <laughs> he's been biding his time. <laughs> um, and But, like, that's my point. I don't think that that's, like, it's not like it's been a slump. Yeah. That he needs to shake out of, like even if it's been a couple of slumps, like the like it's not like his game or his uh, season has mirrored the Kings, where they've done well, mm-hmm. done all right, then you know slump, then a great period of time, then a slump. You know it's been kind of very up and down with the Kings, and that's fine. But I haven't really seen that from Mike Richards. There was a piece recently in the LA Times where he mentioned that he got sick in December, and he thinks the part of that. He didn't realize it until a little while after, but he thinks he sort of ruined his conditioning a little bit, and that might have contributed to him being a little slower and whatnot. I mean, even if that is something that you want to take into account, I think even still he hasn't been very consistent for, like, super long stretches of time. So... I'm just not sure if I think he can turn it on. Obviously, I want him to. I think he had some great moments in last season's playoffs, Mm -hmm. and I would like to see those kind of things again, but I don't know if I'm, like, so confident that he'll just be able to flip a switch and, like, be amazing when he spent a whole season being kind of unpredictable. Yeah, so the... the 
people that I think might step it up are, I mean, I think Drew Doughty will definitely mm-hmm. uh, be great in the playoffs. He was great in the Olympics, he yeah. Was great in the, oh, he was fantastic in the Olympics. Carter mm-hmm. is going to, I think, uh, the, these last couple of games he might not been at his best but he hasn't been scoring but i think for the most part he is still you, you can still see the effort in his game yeah so i think if he starts getting the bounces and those more he was of actually those, pretty good uh defensively yesterday yeah and i think I if if more of those goals like if those shots just go in he'll look a lot better yeah. i don't i'm not particularly worried about Jeff i'm not Carter, worried about but Jeff i think Carter also he could step it up again and... i think alec martinez might step it up mm-hmm. step it up more so than he is currently stepping it up yeah. right now we already hoped that slava Voinov would continue his trend towards remembering who he is as a I player i think uh, trevor Lewis is gonna score a hat trick <laughs> in that, that i think that he's gonna score three goals in the sharks series that even that is just like oh that's some <laughs> that would be pretty that, some that's high reaching diane maybe it will uh, yeah it's more likely that it will be a trevor lewis hat trick where he takes three shots from behind the net in the same game and nothing happens <laughs> because that is a trevor lewis trend right there no <laughs> <laughs> but i hope it's actually really good i, I would want like trevor him lewis to and shine. his unsung hero <laughs> he wants to he wants to be sung he wants to shine. Shine bright like a diamond. Trevor, Trevor Lewis. Lewis. Con Smythe winner at oh the God. end of the Don't hate start. <laughs> oh, man. So I think between at least Quick and Richards, I think Quick has a better chance of turning it on. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I would bet on that one a little more than I would bet on Mike Richards. And I, I would hope. I would be so happy to be wrong about this. Yeah, I hope they both turn it on. I hope they just both like have outstanding playoffs, and it's amazing. I hope that someone has to rub my face in this yeah. at the end of the season. Just play a loop of me doubting them over and over and over. Yes. And I will bask in it so gleefully. So, yeah, so that's where the Kings are. Is there anybody else on the team that makes you feel good about their playoff chances, or who maybe has surprised you during the regular season, who could end up being a big contributor during the playoffs? Um, well, we talked about it earlier, and I don't think it's going to be a surprise, but obviously Gabarik. Mm-hmm. And we obviously haven't mentioned Kopitar, but that's just a given. But I think Gabarik, they've obviously scored a ton of points, or he's scored quite a few points in his 19 games with the Kings, but it's still, you know, a trial period. Yeah. Still trying to, to figure it out, because... Uh, we talk about how what great vision he has and what beautiful passes he can make. Mm-hmm. I've marveled at those. Um, but no one's been there to accept those passes, or no one knows to expect them, or no one is paying attention or on top of their game or can corral them, or it's, like, too hard for them. You know, yeah. it, it just doesn't click as well as it could. Yeah. And I think so, with the exception, obviously, of Kopitar. Of Kopitar, but Kopitar is masterclass. So once that... Like, I think that's still kind of, you know, coming along. So in the playoffs, I'm hoping that more of that solidifies. Yeah. They have time to, they've had time to figure each other out, feel each other out. I can't remember which game it is, which sucks. I should have made a note of it, but I mostly just remember the play where he had sort of fought off somebody who was trying to back check him and made this like really great between the legs pass towards Justin Williams. But Justin Williams was not looking, (laughs) clearly didn't have the sensibilities to be like, oh, right. Gabrick is still over here fighting with this puck. Let me keep an eye out. Everyone just has to remember that Marion Gabrick's an elite player. He could make something happen. He, yeah. Sometimes he does get like the puck picked off of him because it's hockey and this is what happens, but he will make a solid effort to figure out how to get the puck to somebody else, and sometimes they are crazy between the leg passes that you're not expecting. Yeah. So you know what? Expect them. <laughs> Please, yeah. Justin Williams. So I think that that will be an interesting kind of help to the Kings during the playoffs. Yeah. I kind of can't believe I'm going to say this, but 
I think Dwight King has had a really solid season. Yes. He has proven, I think, by playing minutes on the top six, that he is pretty good about puck protection, I think, which could be a big asset in the playoffs if he um, doesn't get overwhelmed or anything. And he's been through the playoffs several times now, so hopefully he is settled into his game a little bit and he continue to um, do something positive for the team. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the Dwight King of early this season where he was scoring goals all the time, but... I do think he could potentially be a really helpful piece in this roster. I think he's someone that might be not an unsung hero, but maybe uh, someone that uh, other teams might underestimate. Yeah. So you know, not necessarily not necessarily covering him as mm-hmm. much as they should, um, not matching him up to his what we know to be his ability. Yeah. So um, I think he'll have a few surprising goals, be it first goals, tying goals. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a, a high-pressure situation goal or anything like that, but a goal that you wouldn't expect. I think there's going to be a, a quite a few of those. I Yeah, so I feel good about Dwight King being around. Someone who I don't need to be in the top six and who was for some time yesterday, Jordan <laughs> Nolan. Get out. I don't need him The number there. of times I saw Jordan Nolan falling down she, made it, me like, furious. The freaking beginning of the game where he like is doing something and then collapses and like knocks the net off and the game has just started and I was like, why are you here? He Gets, Get a beautiful pass from someone, try, immediately falls over. Yeah, I think Jordan Nolan is somebody who, like, Daryl Sutter still wants to be the kind of guy who has, like, great puck protection and at least provides that if he's not a scorer. Stop doing it. (laughs) Scratch Jordan Nolan. He does not need to play. Not when you have guys like Tanner Pearson around who seems to be coming into his own. And I know we talked a little bit about the fact that, like, oh, they're rookies. Do you want to trust them that much in a... Uh, high-intensity situation like playoff games, but I would trust Tanner Pearson more than I would trust Jordan Nolan, just based on the fact that Tanner Pearson has more talent. Yes. So that's how I feel. Get out of the lineup, Jordan Nolan. You don't belong there. <laughs> but I do think positively about Dwight King, so how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think very positively about Dwight King. I just am always, like, there's an asterisk mm-hmm. about he's terrifying. <laughs> right. Like, that's it. I think he's great. I like him. He does what he needs to do. He is, you know, he's very gritty. Like, it's just like that little thing at the end. So as much as uh, it's funny to mention because all of his faces like that are hilarious, but I think he's fine. Yeah. I hope there's a lot of Dwight King face in the playoffs because it means the Kings are doing well. (laughs) So much Dwight King face. (laughs) Okay. Do you know what that reminds me of? And I wish it would happen. So I don't know if everyone else has seen it. But I guess Target released them or something like that. Like, in the Chicago area, there was a cutout of Jonathan Taves' oh, yeah. face that you could buy in stores. <laughs> you could, it, I remember those. That is a terrifying face. And it's just Jonathan Taves. Yeah. What if... Dwight King face mask. Dwight King face mask. <laughs> they, somebody, people need to make those for the players. How horrifying would that and, be? Like, hand them, they should hand them out at the door and then people can put them on. Especially if you're in, like, the 100s. I was going to say... Dwight King face. <laughs> what if, like, I just made a bunch, printed them out, or had them printed or whatever, and then just uh, 
went like during warm-ups or whatever and just set them on every person in like the first couple of rows of the hundreds yeah just like right there yeah you have your rally towel and you have your white king face <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i would just hide it under the rally towel so they pick up the rally towel and be like holy fuck what is this like oh it's dwight king face because yeah. everyone knows what that is everybody sitting on. behind uh jonathan quicksnet should have them on so that every shooter gets to oh my gosh yes dwight king face i'm patenting that right now <laughs> strategy Done. If anyone has a print shop that yeah. would be willing to help us in this endeavor. Hundreds of copies of Dwight King's face. Because that can only... I, I'm literally just sitting here thinking dreamily about it right now. <laughs> I think that's fair. A world of Dwight King faces. I'm glad that we thought of this here and have come upon this wonderful plan. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for this. We've just guaranteed at least two wins. Big hit and down! I'm not sure he's okay. Uh, there's no question that this one's a penalty. A large five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. Five-minute major headlines. We'll try to do these really quickly, actually, because mostly we just want to talk about playoff matchups again. First, on Tuesday, the Vancouver Canucks fired Mike Gillis, their GM. So, Oh, and they hired Trevor Linden to be the president. So now they got to figure out who's going to be the GM. I actually think it was a little premature. (laughs) I thought that was extremely sudden. I was like, the season hasn't even ended yet. Come on. Like, you could have wait, waited a few games and then done it in the off. I thought that that was strange. I think as hilariously bad as this Canucks season has been, I think they should have wrote it out for another season. Because, A, they have had really poor shooting luck. Also, I think they tried to change their game in a way to make it more physical, intimidating, that didn't really work out. And I feel like, all right, you take this season to experiment with that. And we're like, okay, that's not working. Let's try something different next season, maybe. Um, I also think this is obviously the first season they've been in a division with three other teams that are already established contenders. So it was probably likely that they were going to struggle a little bit when you got to face these California teams who are doing really well right now. So I think deciding to fire Mike Gillis is kind of something they didn't have to do. I mean, I understand why they did it, and I don't think it's the worst decision they could have made, but if it was me, I would have held on a little longer. I heard someone uh, speculate that it was just because uh, season ticket holder deposits were due. Oh. And to give <laughs> Canucks fan fans a little bit of hope, you know, putting in the nostalgia mm-hmm. player. Whether or not he'll do a, good, do a good job, I don't pay enough attention to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's so pretend we're making some changes. Let's fire our GM and hire a new president. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with them next season. Maybe it'll be an improvement and it won't matter. I kind of hope it is an improvement, obviously. I, I hope that it's continues to be terrible. Yeah, because that is better. I would love to see the Canucks continue to crash and burn. Other things. Ryan Smith, who is with the Edmonton Oilers, retired, played his last game Saturday night. It was very emotional. I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit weepy about it because... Fuck Ryan Smith. Okay. (laughs) So that's Chanel's opinion. Um, I got a little bit weepy about it because it's just... I All of the Edmonton players were just so, you know... Uh, they just, like, loved him. You know, they were so grateful to him. They enjoyed playing with him, you know, whatever. Regardless of his play, he was just, like, a good person. And Chanel's, like, shaking her. She's like, no, he's <laughs> garbage. But, and then I, it makes me think about, like, a Kings player in the future, like, being that to, like, a bunch of Edmund, uh, or a bunch of other, like, younger Kings players, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was very happy for him. I do not have strong feelings about Ryan Smith like Chanel does. (laughs) 
I at all don't give a shit about Ryan Smith. I think it's nice that as a person, those people in Edmonton really liked him. I think it's nice that I guess one of the few Kings players that he mentioned was Andre Kopitar because they were really close when he was here. But for me, I can never forget how basically he decided that Los Angeles was a terrible place and he couldn't play here. And I don't like that because I love Los Angeles and I love the Kings franchise. So you are dead to me. Whereas I'm fine with it. So (laughs) happy retirement, I guess. I don't wish ill on him, but I also don't care that he's done now. Also, they traded, obviously, Ryan Smith for Colin Frazier and then won a Stanley Cup. So I guess thanks for not being around Ryan Smith. It worked out in the end. See, you're thanking him. You like him. How nice. Thanks for sucking enough that they traded you, I guess. That's how you also feel about Jack Jack Johnson. Johnson. So So thanks, guy. I thought it was lovely. (laughs) I was very pleased by it. It delighted me. I liked the Canucks players coming back out to shake his hand. All emotional and weepy about it, all right? Someone that I do have more respect for is Timo Solani. The Kings paid tribute to him a little bit before the game started because his last game is actually in Anaheim. People just have a lot of respect for him. He's a great player. He's had a pretty great career. They gave him a surfboard. They gave him a paddleboard, a stand-up paddleboard. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a Ducks one, so I don't even know if it's okay to say the Kings gave it to him. It was well, actually, on it said an 8 on it, but I think it had the Jets logo. So a little bit from A everybody. little bit from everyone. All right. So, um, yeah, so that was great. I really liked that. And we were there in person to see that. I love Tamu Swani. <laughs> I really do. Ever since I was a little kid, because he said that I looked good out on the ice. So I like him a lot. I don't know if you've ever told that on the podcast, but it's definitely on our About page. Oh. Um, I feel like I have. I don't know. Okay, so when I was younger, the first game that I went to was a Ducks Avalanche game. And uh, the reason that I went is because I grew up a figure skater and I performed. And so I got to warm up a little bit. And him and Paul Courier were standing around, and he asked my mom, like, oh, hey, is that your daughter out there? And she's like, yes. And he said, oh, she looks really great out there. And she said, thank you. And then my mom told me, and then I am dead. (laughs) Actually, my mom only told me a couple of years ago, and then I was furious with her (laughs) for not telling me sooner. (laughs) died really late. Um, So, uh, Tamu forever. He's great. I love Tamu. So him I have no problem with. I think it's really great that the Kings decided to honor him. The, The Kings fans gave him a standing ovation and then proceeded to boo after part no, no 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 they they didn't boo they were selling, they were yelling luke oh because luke came out to present him the paddleboard right, right and i okay. think everyone was just like yelling luke I, it was weird because it was like i thought for a moment yeah, too. <laughs> I was like, is it boos are you saying something else i couldn't really tell and a couple people on twitter thought they were booing yeah uh but maybe they were just saying luke i'm pretty sure that they okay. were just saying luke because there was a <laughs> like, couple of people next to me who enunciated the Luke <laughs> okay. part Well, that's of it. totally cool. I was going to think it was really weird to both give somebody a standing ovation and then proceed to do that, <laughs> but kind of amazing and I guess not totally unexpected from Kings fans who yep. would do that kind of thing, yep. but they but, didn't. That's cool. Last headline that we want to bring up really quick, Brian Malone <laughs> from the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm sure everybody has seen it because it was everywhere yesterday, arrested for DUI. And cocaine possession. This is baffling. What are you doing? You are a... This isn't even a young kid who's done this. He's, what, 34? Something like that. 30-something? He's an old guy who should know better. Do you know what's also happening? The playoffs. (laughs) Do you know what's also a thing? You are, like, richer than God... Well, I don't know what... But still, you are richer than the average human being. Mm -hmm. Call a car. That's the part that I don't understand. And we were talking about this. We're like, possess all the cocaine you want. Like, (laughs) Like, I guess I really don't care about that part. 
But it's it's like the DUI part where yeah. you're like, you're a dummy. Well, because it wasn't even like it was, what I read, it wasn't like it was a massive amount of cocaine. He had like a little baggie in his back pocket that they found out after they arrested him or whatever. He, so that's what I don't get. I'm like, if you're going to be that drunk, call a car. Nobody has to know about your cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> You don't endanger anyone's life. Also, probably you get to still play in the playoffs. Very poor decision making all around it was from Ryan The Malone. funniest, most baffling thing that I read. Yeah, I don't. It makes no sense. What? That was dumb. Not to make light of anybody driving under the influence because I'm glad he didn't hurt anybody. Um, and so I can laugh about just how stupid he is yeah. a little bit. Anyway, so now we talked about this a little bit on our own, and actually we realized probably we should have been recording, but... I'm glad we didn't, because there were a lot of just... It was just me groaning. <laughs> if anyone watches Bob's Burgers, Tina Belcher's like, <laughs> about life in general was just like me while looking at these matchups. Playoff matchups, mostly set. Right now, in the West, it is... Well, the game did finish. And they lost? Yeah. Okay. See? Losers. Um, <laughs> ducks, Stars, King Sharks, obviously... Avs, Wild, and the Blues, Blackhawks. In the East, it is Boston and the Red Wings, the uh, Canadians versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, Penguins versus the Blue Jackets, and Rangers versus the Flyers. I think some of like some of these matchups pretty intense. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you think? I guess who do you think is coming out of the East? Boston. I think so too. Boston is coming out of the East. However. How you- Another yes. thing that we noticed is that their record in the regular season against the Red Wings was 1-3. So f- somehow the Red Wings have figured out how to beat Boston, and it hasn't even taken necessarily... And, oh, and none of them have been overtime losses, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So it's like they can beat them also in regulation. So it's not even like they won, but it was mostly shootout wins. No. Three regulation losses. And as we all know, Detroit is a scrappy team. Mm-hmm. They've made their way to the playoffs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That could, Chicago last season. That could be a thing. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't think so. No. I'm pretty sure the Boston Bruins will, you know, mm-hmm. storm their, their way through the, the Eastern Conference. But if there, if there were, was to be an upset, yeah. that's where it would happen. I think so, too. I think if, assuming that the Red Wings don't manage to upset Boston, then I think Boston pretty much easily runs through every other team in the East that they have to face yeah. and make it back to the Stanley Cup Final. They're just so strong right now, and everything seems to be going right for them. So, yeah. uh, barring some disgusting and horrible injury to somebody who was key to that lineup, I think it looks really good. I secretly want... Uh, the Blue Jackets to win against the Penguins, <laughs> and I like the Penguins, but I like the Cinderella story, I suppose, of it. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Flyers are going to beat out the Rangers. I think that's going to be a tough series. Just because, the Ra- I mean, you were saying this earlier, the Rangers are just a better team, but the Flyers are on this yeah. kind of hot jump right now. Yeah, they are. they have really good... A really good shooting percentage overall, the Flyers. Mm-hmm. They don't get a whole lot of opportunities. Their possession is not very good at all. Because let's remind everyone who's in goal. Oh, uh, yeah, and Steve Mason, Mason is in goal. But it Emory. seems like when they get opportunities to score goals, they manage to do it. And they've been really good in this last little stretch of the season. So if that heats up, I think that season could, I mean, that season, that series between mm-hmm. the Rangers and the Flyers could be pretty brutal. And I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if the Flyers won. I think it makes more sense if the Rangers win because I do think they're 
better built as a team overall. But yeah, it, that could be a tough one. Yeah. I think the Penguins are trash right now. <laughs> and I like watching them, but I think they're trash. And I would not be surprised to see the Blue Jackets knock them out in the first round. I don't even think and it would be guys, upset. Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> wouldn't that be funny to watch the Penguins go in the first round? I think so. I don't even think it would be. But it's not even surprising. Like, the Penguins have been so bad. I think they're like their depth and stuff has been problems. They've had a lot of injuries and they're supposed to get more guys back from injury but even still like they i just don't really see them doing super super well unless they manage to miraculously somehow score a bunch of goals in every game which hasn't necessarily been the case for them for the last little while um sometimes they have high scoring games sometimes they inexplicably don't (laughs) so i think the blue jackets have a really good chance there I, unlike everybody else, because I'm a total contrarian, don't care about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, If they win, it'll be cool because, of course, that franchise has never gone very far in the playoffs or anything like that. But they're not my Cinderella story because, for me, that belongs to the Dallas Stars. Um, Oh, well, yeah, I'm rooting for the Stars over over, uh, CBJ, but we're talking about the Eastern Conference. But yeah, right while we're talking about the Eastern Eastern Conference, Conference, I do think it would be uh, pretty amusing to see them knock out the Penguins, who are still considered a perennial contender, even though, like this year, it's been a mess yeah. for them in a lot of ways. And then for the Canadians and the the Lightning, I have actually... That's probably one of the ones... That's the one in the East that I don't care about at all. Although I do really like the Canadians, mm-hmm. so I hope that they make it through, but uh, their play against the, the Lightning, I think it kind of was a wash? I don't know. They're really uh, close in the standing, so I think they've yeah. been playing fairly evenly. I hope the Canadians come out of it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Tampa Bay Lightning did. I don't know. Either I way, I think Boston know. makes it to the final. Yeah, either way, Boston's gonna <laughs> kill everyone. In the West, it's maybe a little more difficult to predict because a lot of these teams are so strong. The West is so much stronger than the East, as we all know. We've all watched it all season. What are you thinking? I feel like we have to talk about the West in terms of the Homer, the Kings win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, yes. <laughs> version of it. And then the uh, what if the Kings don't, right, right. <laughs> aren't like the superheroes that we think that they are. Mm-hmm. The first, regardless of what it is, the first uh, round is going to see the Ducks and the, the Dallas Stars. And we want the Dallas Stars to slaughter oh, absolutely. the Ducks. I really hope they can. <laughs> I really do, too. Um, I We both really like the Stars. We've watched a lot of the Stars games, I think, this mm-hmm. season, between the both of us. And that would be fantastic. I think... To um, see uh, Sagan and Ben and Nishushkin and Fiddler's been pretty good and, you know, they've, they've got a good team there. I would like to see them make it at least a couple rounds. Um, it would be amazing if somehow they made it to the final, obviously, because that narrative would be insane. I would just laugh my way through that insane. that final. <laughs> We're a Dallas-Boston and final. And Tyler Sagan has been scoring hat tricks like it's easy this season. <laughs> For him it is, so, apparently. What would be more amazing than Tyler Sagan scoring a hat trick during a Stars-Bruins final? That would be the best, actually. The entertainment value of it yes, would be pretty the entertainment amazing. value. But yeah, I think uh, I think they've got a pretty good chance against the Ducks. I do um, too. The Ducks are just have been very lucky. Mm-hmm. They're not the greatest. I think their strongest asset is their top line, but I also think that's the same for Dallas. Like Dallas is yeah. a pretty good team, but obviously their strongest asset is how well that first line plays together, especially Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. So there's that King Sharks. I think unless, it could go either way. Unless the Sharks continue to play like that last game against the Kings where they were a mess. Yeah, it could go either way. Obviously, Kings yeah, win. we want the Kings with them. <laughs> of course. So what if it's King Stars, though? <laughs> it's the Kings. You shut your mouth. It's, I the know, Kings. it's the Kings. But I also then like couldn't feel like 
righteously outraged <laughs> if the stars upset him. And the stars have played pretty well against the Kings this, they have. This, in the regular season. So, But I think that they haven't played since uh, Gabrick's been around. That's true. And the, the one thing that we've always noticed is that the Dallas Stars like to outspeed, mm-hmm. same with the Avalanche, uh, like to outspeed the Kings quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And with Gabrick and with Defoley mm-hmm. and Carter's always, and Pearson's mm-hmm. pretty speedy as well, you know, I think that, that makes a difference. Yeah. And so be. it might not be as, as big as a, of a factor as yeah. it has been in past games. And of course, those last games they played against the Stars were like at the start of what turned out to be a really unlucky <laughs> scoring slump. So yeah. maybe that wouldn't be the case still. Right. Um, so let's just say that the Kings are going to the Western Conference yeah, so Finals. Back to the Western Conference Finals. Zero thanks to the Blues, who have decided to collapse w- way before they were supposed to. Yeah. Like, I think everybody kind of knew that their luck couldn't last forever, but could you at least have waited until the playoffs? At this point, I think Chicago just, like, kicks them to the curb so easily. Yes. Breaking news. <laughs> the Kings have won the Jennings. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that this was captured as we were recording this. Thank you to the New Jersey Devils. Thank you to Merrick Sidlicki. Uh, on a power play wraparound goal on Chad Johnson, according That's to John wonderful. Rizzo. I like it. Thank you, friend. I feel so happy about it. The Kings have won something. Already. Yay! <laughs> so, good job. They tried really hard to make it difficult for themselves, but in the end, success just couldn't elude them any longer. Yes. <laughs> So that's great news. As we were talking about them in the playoffs, hopefully they can continue to be really lucky and win things there as well. Excellent. Um, but anyway, I think the Blackhawks just murder the St. Louis Blues. I think so, too. They've had They've had significant injuries in an op- inopportune yes. time. Yes. It's going to be rough. Then... And I'm upset about it because it was supposed to be their year. You know, they've looked very good all season. And now it's just an unfortunate it's just thing it's just for bad. Them. It's Looking terrible, so... Oh. Although, maybe because uh, the Blackhawks got beat by the Preds. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of that game, but that score no, that we saw five, last seven. night... Ridiculous. But they're supposed to be getting Patrick Kane back and Jonathan Taves back. That's true. And then I think things will return a little closer to normal yeah. for them. I mean, anything is possible. Clearly, the Blackhawks are not the team that they were last season, where it is impossible to beat them. Yeah. But I still think in that particular series, the Blues are going out. Yeah, I think the the Blackhawks are definitely going to win. And then uh, the other matchup is the Abs versus the Wild. And Mm -hmm. I find the Wild so unbelievably boring that, yeah, the Abs are going to win. And, I mean, I think, obviously, the Abs are better than the Wild. They are, like, the Central Division Ducks. They're just, like, insanely (laughs) lucky. Yeah, so I'm going to guess... That the Avs would take that series. So then it would be Avs-Blackhawks. Which I think could be fun. That would be a lot of fun, because the Blackhawks have struggled mm-hmm. quite uh, mightily against the Avalanche the entire season. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, so Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have been out for injuries, but I would think that they're not terribly serious. It'd be fine. So mm-hmm. they'd be maybe not 100%, but, you know, pretty well back into fighting form. But the Avalanche has just been lucky, mm-hmm. and the Avalanche has not seen a playoff run mm-hmm. in a very long time. So I don't know if they're going to last yeah. through. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that how long will the momentum last for yeah. them? I think is a big factor. They have done really well against the Blackhawks, but again, the Blackhawks are a team that do really well at building on momentum getting started. So if they have an opportunity to crush the Blues and follow through on it, then I think they'll go into a series against the Avs with so much confidence, yeah. and then that. That could spell trouble for the Avalanche, who might finally see their bubble burst. I don't want the Blackhawks to make it back to the Western Conference Final. Oh my gosh. 
I would love for them. I really want. Yeah, because in, in this scenario that we're spinning here, it's a Kings Blackhawks Western Conference right. final, which I think might be a little closer than last season. I, I still, I just don't, don't want to live it. through it again. I don't. Want I don't it. want the possibility of it being another Blackhawks Bruins final. Yes, that would bore me to death. Yes. I don't need to see it again. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did make it back to the conference final at the very least, because of course they refuse to die. So that's assuming then that the Kings win all of their rounds and they're back in the Western Conference Final. I think between the Kings and Chicago, it's, I think it could be a little closer and I don't really know who I would necessarily pick then because the Blackhawks haven't been as exceedingly great. I know who I would pick if it's who do I want to win? Well, obviously. Who do I think will win? I don't know. (laughs) Because the the Kings Kings haven't done well against the Blackhawks. No, they've lost every game. They've played well in two of them, actually, which is the thing. Even that 5-3 game, they played really well, but they had that one fluky goal against that, mm-hmm. like, bounced off Matt Green. I think it that one depends on the Kings finding a little bit of luck. Yeah. And it's really hard to count on that with the Kings. Could be fun, and I would hope that the Kings come out on the winning side of that, because I think a Kings-Bruins final could be brutal could be, to yeah, watch. Yeah, that would be horrifying, <laughs> but very interesting. Mm-hmm. Kopitar like versus big, Bergeron. Oh, man, that would be so good. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't know why I didn't think about that, but I didn't. Tuka Ross and Jonathan Quick uh, providing the most boring and terrible interviews. (laughs) Yeah. Being just equally disinterested. Yeah. Both of them also having on-ice fits during, like, really particularly bad calls. Yeah. That would be amazing. Temper tantrum. (laughs) If ever a goalie fight. Oh, man. That'd be fun. (laughs) That would be funny. It would be funny because I think that Jonathan Quick would pummel Oh, yeah. Tukaras, for so. sure. And then I would feel bad about it because Tukaras looks he's like a great. child. I really like Tukaras. No, he's fantastic. Um, he would get killed. That is the dream scenario. And then I, I obviously I would want the Kings to win the same. Like, oh, but yes, I'm yes, not yes. going to predict that particular thing. No, that particular I, I'm already series. like, this is too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. Put a, like, I don't know, cock- too much of the dream. <laughs> yeah, too much dreaming. So in a scenario where the Kings get knocked out in the first round, we're still assuming that the Stars would win against the Ducks, yes? Yes. Okay, so then it's Sharks-Stars. What do you think? I just want the Stars... This is all emotional. I just want the Stars to win. I do, too. I have no idea what the Sharks would like against the Stars. <laughs> I don't I would pay any attention. The Sharks are a really good team. They have a lot of potential for this to be their year, but I also think, again, like if they can't stop that top line with... Uh, Sagan and Ben, then it kind of doesn't matter. Because <laughs> yeah. they're going to take the opportunity to score a lot if you give it to them. So I guess, so if it's the Stars, then we're assuming it's probably Stars, Stars Blackhawks. Black also don't know how that shakes out. Uh, I think the Blackhawks, that's like one of the few divisional opponents that they have, a, like, that are in the playoffs, that uh-huh. they have a better winning record against. But that could be another interesting one. Could be an upset, I don't know. And then that's what would lead to our Stars Bruins final. Yeah, that would be great. If they could, if the Stars could knock out the Blackhawks in the Western Conference final and then play the Bruins, that would be so wonderful for me. <laughs> I would just be so happy if it's the Sharks. What do you think about a Sharks-Blackhawks Western Conference final? Mm, I don't know their history either, but for whatever reason, I'm leaning towards the Sharks. I would root for the Sharks? I would root for the Sharks. That's weird to say. Yeah. But I would yeah. in in that situation. In a Bruins-Sharks final, I, I think the Bruins win. I I'll, I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Um, what if everything unholy happens and the Ducks move on 
let's just skip to the Western Conference Final. I don't care if in the second round they knock out the Kings or the Sharks. Let's just assume PDO is just on fire through the entirety of the playoffs. In a Ducks-Blackhawks series, what do you think? Blackhawks, I think. I think they've got a little bit more depth. I think the only thing that counts against them is that in the last few seasons, the Ducks have been the one team mm-hmm. that have consistently frustrated and beat the Blackhawks. That's why I paused for a moment yeah. on that part, but um, I think the Blackhawks would be able to... I think a Ducks-Bruins final would be the worst thing to I watch. would wear so much Bruins gear. <laughs> yeah. Be the biggest Boston fan. <laughs> Just completely wreck Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry. If... Patrice Bergeron, in a Ducks-Bruins final, could embarrass Ryan Getzlaff the way that Kopitar did Saturday night, that would be the best. If uh, Corey Perry origin stories could continue to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. You that guys all be, should look that up. That would be the only great thing about the Ducks continuing in the playoffs is the opportunity to just take uh, Perry origin stories on forever. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I loved it. A lot of playoff stuff. I don't know. Anything could happen in the Western Conference. It's, a, I think, a little harder to predict. But uh, we'll, I, we're looking forward to it. I feel pretty good about the Kings. Yeah. I feel pretty good about the I Kings. I feel pretty good about the Kings. And hopefully they do us all proud. <laughs> I don't want my offseason to start quite yet. Yeah. Me neither. All right. So I think that's pretty much all we've got this week. We've talked a lot. Take care of yourselves, guys. Hang in there during the stressful time coming up. Continue to keep uh, Trevor Lewis in your heads and your hearts. <laughs> yeah. Always, always. Always forever. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we are at ThanksBud, or individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Van. We are, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher. There's our, always the site. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone.